I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Welcome back to another episode of The Dirt on Flowers. We have a really amazingly fun episode that Lindsay and I kind of birthed together, thinking about how we can answer your questions, get you quick and dirty information. Um, You guys have been submitting so many cool questions to us, so we're hoping that you will really love this episode. Um, This episode format is going to be all of your questions that you submit to us on Sundays through Instagram. What we're going to do is we're going to take all those messages, pick three or four, and have these quick 15-minute episodes um, so we can answer your questions and be brutally honest. And this will just be, you know, we have not pre-planned these. We're grabbing your questions, talking about them, so you're really getting Lindsay and I's quick and off-the-cuff answers. So what do you think, Lindsay? Are you excited for this? Yeah, I'm I am. So it it kind of happened because some of you have been asking like Shannon said really great questions and they're hard to answer in a reply back through Instagram. So I'm like, what if we did, you know, just like a Q&A and we're trying to come up with a name for this. So we've had the naming process is rather difficult. So we we Riddle. do want your help with this. Um mm-hmm. cuz Q&A is just boring. We had like yeah. we've thought of um like Shannon thought of dirt diaries or mm-hmm. like quick fire. We want us to feel like round table. So um, we're going to throw that up on Instagram too is to get a little bit of feedback from you guys on that. On our farm this week, we are doing something kind of fun and Judd, like we're just a balance. So he's like always forcing me to do things kind of out of my comfort zone. I'm like more like the logistics person and he's for a long time and it's, it's actually super cute. I'm, I'm not complaining at all. I think it's adorable. But we have a, a small town like 4th of July parade. And when we're recording this, it's the week before 4th of July. And he's been wanting to do like a Bloom Hill float or like something for the 4th of July parade where he like throw out candy and like, yeah, Bloom Hill, you know, whatever. Get his little cheer squad. <laughs> his little cheer squad. So I, I you know, before. Up until this point, I've just been like, oh, we just, it's too busy. We don't have the time. Like the sunflowers started. I do not have time to do all of this. And so, but he got like all of his friends to like get all of our family and friends to be like super excited about it. So now I'm like running around trying to get shirts for everyone and we're going to do it. So Judd got his dream tractor at Hartville Hardware on loaner for that day. (laughs) And he's going to be right. You know, his dream tractor, of course, has like a cab with air conditioning. So <laughs> when is this? Is it on 4th of July? Yeah. Yeah. It's oh the Monday. So we're like going to bring the gator, both of our gators, Judd's John Deere tractor, which Hartville Hardware is kind of letting us use for the day. And like the kids are going to be in the gator and he has his little mini truck. So if you've been over to like our Bloom Hill farm page, you've seen Judd's little white mini truck. And Judd's like not mini at all, but he <laughs> loves that truck. I love it too. It's so fun to drive. Lindsay, do you drive stick? Yeah, I do. Okay, well, I'll have to make sure you get in it 
and uh, and give it a good twirl around the property next time you're over here. But Judd loves that truck. I love it too. And so, so we're going to have kids in the back of the Gators throwing cans. So it should be fun. I, I'm looking forward to it. Everyone's so excited. And I'm just meeting one of Judd's bucket lists and going, <laughs> items and going <laughs> right along with it. So well, that, you're going to have to do like an Instagram live or something yes. with that. <laughs> yes. I love it. I um I actually have a farm bucket list too. Uh, it's a little more redneck, but considering where I live, um, I have had since high school. I have wanted to do a demo derby. Like I wanted to do it, and now that I actually have a business that could sponsor it, yeah. like how cute would it be? Like I want yeah. to drive the car. Demo? Yeah, you, what is what? what is a demo derby? Shannon, a demolition <laughs> derby with like cars at oh. the fair. Yeah, where you yeah. like run into each other until I hate like, that day. Oh my god. I hate that day at the fair. <laughs> it is my I like literally want to make it happen. So I want to find That's a car. So yeah, but like oh, okay. Yeah, I want the car. I yeah. want to paint it. Can you like and get other sponsors? Um yes. yeah. I want to <laughs> <laughs> So amazing, doesn't it? Like get a helmet on and then just have like the whole team there, you know, cheering me on. Yeah, Yeah. mine's a little more um, rural. Do you drive it? Yes. Drive the. Yes. The car has to run at least. Yes, the car has to run. You, you run into, into yes into each other so that they let all of these cars and they have different classes so they have like based off like if it's a four cylinder yeah. or like if it's the okay. big class like the V eight class, um so <laughs> so like station wagons you know, <laughs> and so I think I want to be in the four cylinder class because I don't want to oh, get yeah. injured. Um, yes, but you need to do that. You need to do. That. I know. I've been yeah. talking about it for a long time, and so I think like that would just be such a hoot. And the the thing yeah. is, though, the crowd is actually the best part of the entire thing because everybody's <laughs> just like cheering each other on. So uh, anyway, so fun. I yes, know. you need to do that. How can we make that happen? I'm not sure. How much money <laughs> do you need? <laughs> well, with the price of used cars these days, probably quite a bit. I don't know. Oh my goodness. Oh, well, we'll see. Maybe I'll make it happen, yes. but yeah. Um, so, all right. You want to jump in? I'll start with a question. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I can't wait to hear. Yeah. Okay. So the first question, and we got so many, so we're just pulling a few of these out because we want to try to keep it to 15 minutes, which is going to be a challenge for us anyway. Yeah. Um, so the first one is from Dogwood Farms, Wisconsin. And um, they wrote in and said, tell us about when your farms took off and became profitable and what you think contributed to that. That's a great question. Yeah. Um, I think you you go first, Lens. Yeah. Um, why did sh- we should have read through these, right? And like come up with good answers. Um, so... <laughs> when my farm took off and became profitable. So twofold and what I think, so that's kind of three questions in one, but um, so my farm, I think year two was kind of what I would say, like we started to gain some traction in the local community more. Um, And we were actually profitable in year one, but I always say that with pause because I had a full-time job up until six months ago. So, um, you know, I was able to put a lot of money back. I put all of my money back into the business. And so I think we're going to definitely talk about that in future episodes because the pricing question always comes up. Like that was one of the questions we got. We're going to eventually talk about on here. Um, 
And it isn't just a blanket answer on what you should be charging, right? So like my profitability might look different than what somebody else's did. Um, when I started my farm, I, I took uh, money out of my savings and, you know, I, I did everything with that the first year. Um, so the farm really continued to kind of grow over, you know, it's continued to grow each year, which I'm super grateful for. Um, and what do I think contributed to it? Oh, I have a really, um, I have a great local following of com- just a really good community that wants to support local business, which I think is a huge part of that. Um, but I do think my marketing, um, I, I will give myself some credit in that, that um, I do think my marketing helped. I spent a lot of time early reading about marketing. It's very fascinating to me. It's kind of one of my like passions outside of growing flowers. It's just I'm kind of intrigued why people buy. Um, but yeah, so I would say the marketing piece and just really me getting more comfortable in my own skin um, mm-hmm. helped with that. So yeah. yeah. What about okay. you? Yeah. Um, I would also, I know it's, you know what, this is like such a layered question, but I would say year two. So Judd and I, when we bought our farm, like it was not a farm. It had no farm infrastructure, no barn. You know, we had, um, very like a little, like two acre plot and we grew maybe, maybe a quarter of an acre our first year. Um, we had just a, a really small area compared to what we do now. So when we first started, we, I will, I'm sure I'll tell the story later, but we, when we bought this place, I had two young children. My second two girls are 11 months apart. So I was pregnant with my third child, who's Maddie. Um, and Maddie was born like three weeks after we moved in. So we had a very young family. And that winter, we decided to start the farm. So we, we had a lot of outside factors too, you know, that um, I guess was, it helped, it did help the profitability because we, we were just doing what we could do. So, and Judd and I have always worked other jobs. I currently just do a little bit of work um, at my old job, um, just mostly a few consulting hours a week. But we've always had other jobs which supported our family. The farm has not supported our family until just a couple, maybe a couple years ago, um, is when we actually started drawing income um, from our farm. So that's like a paycheck for Judd and I. I would say so. I would say profitability happened within two years, and we were, you know, very small. We were using a lot of our own money, and every dime that the business made was going right back into the business. So we did have that not luxury. I mean, we worked our butts off. Uh, having a full-time job and having a business is its own uh, circumstance. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but I would say, you know, it, take, it took a while. And I think, you know, what contributed to that was just straight up grit and determination. I mean, really, I would say in Judd and I's, Judd and I's instance, like we didn't say no to anything. I literally did everything. I harvested in headlamps after the kids went to bed. I worked all night. I got up, set the 1 a.m. alarm clock to get ready for the market in the morning. I mean, I did all of those hard things that 
we don't share on Instagram. And to say that was a hard but fulfilling time in my life is an understatement. I love that time. And I, when I think about it now, I think about how far we've come. But I really do think, I'm sorry, I almost want to cry thinking about it because it really is. It just gets mm-hmm. um, really hard. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a really hard time. And I really do like resonate with people in that period of time when you're balancing family and, and jobs and running the farm, marketing the farm just relentlessly, just like trying to get it going. And I know Judd mentioned in his weeding episode that it's like, hey, you know, nobody thought this was a good idea when we started it. So not only did we not have, I mean, they were supportive, but more like just like, oh, okay, like great idea. Like nobody thought that it would ever become what it is today. So to say that's when when Jen and I are super proud of the farm, that's where a lot of that comes from. And so I think profitability is going to look different for everyone. Our farm needs a little bit more profit generally because we employ people, we employ ourselves. If you're just working on your own, you don't need as much because you're just employing your own, you know, yourself. So I think it looks different for everybody, but I would say year two, it, it took a while to get some traction, but we literally did anything and everything and we never said no. And we worked so hard. We worked so hard, made a lot of mistakes and learned a lot. So I think that's the, I think that's my answer. It's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty one. complex. You know, it's, it's it is a complex. Different. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think, and I know it's on our list of things to talk about because I, everybody talks about like, well, when can you pay yourself? How much can you pay yourself? Um, you know, and I, I think you and I did it in a similar way, right, wrong, or indifferent with it. Um, but I, one of the things I want to talk about on here is like how to figure out how to pay yourself because I, it it took me six years to understand like what numbers you need to look at. Um, the business side, I'm just diving in now to look at, you know, um, more with my QuickBooks and all of that, that piece. But, um, yeah, it's, it's tricky. It's not, it's not like a easy cut and dry answer. So, but yeah, Yeah. sweet change. I remember our, our Lindsay and I, you know, we just had a conversation not even like two years ago, like driving home from work. A lot of times Lindsay and I would talk, I would be sitting in my garage in my car. I like my kids like looking at me through the, <laughs> through the garage door. <laughs> and I, we were talking about like, how do we, how do we pay ourselves? And I just remember us saying like, Hey, I'm going to just force myself to pay myself, even if it's a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. A week. Yep. I mean, anything. I just need to start adding myself into the into the mix because I just never considered myself as something that need to be paid up until that point because we didn't like rely upon the farm's income. So, if you're looking for advice in that scenario, I would say maybe just pay yourself something. You know, mm-hmm. start considering your own. And, and I think it goes back to like valuing your own time too. You know, it's like, hey, like I have a lot of worth and I value my own time and energy and I deserve to be paid from this. And at some point, you're going to have to start balancing growing the farm and investing back in the farm and paying yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's a good way to answer that question. Okay. All right. Um, next question. Let's do it. Um, the next. Next one is from Mountain State Flower Farm. How to balance having an off-farm job and keep the farm going full steam ahead. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. All right. man. Um, yeah, Lindsay, you go first on this one. Okay. Um, 
So how to have a full-time job and keep the farm moving full steam ahead? Well, um, grit is really, I think you, you mentioned that, and you have to be 150% into what you're doing. Um, you have like the commitment to um, your business, but the commitment to you yourself. So like the end goal, I literally, I'm very goal oriented. And so for me, I was just like, the end is in sight. I'm going to quit my full-time job um, at some point, but there were a lot of things, um, you know, I don't regret how I went about it. There's a lot of, um, my personality is that like, I think I could do without furniture in my house because I really don't sit (laughs) other than a bed. Like I'm just naturally wired that way. So I have to be very careful um, to like allow myself, like my idea of resting is like going kayaking, you know, like an off away from the farm, like I'm a busybody, And so that can create some imbalance for me that I just really need to be aware of, like some time off. Um, So that being said, like committed and grit and all of those things, but you also need to be equally committed to taking care of yourself because I got kind of upside down in some of this um, for, you know, like after a few years of working, I mean, let's be honest, owning a a farm that is full-time that has employees is more than a full-time job if you let it be. Um, So it's, you know, those experiences for me, I was really out of balance. I was having some like body ache stuff that was just not normal. My anxiety was really high. I was just like, okay, timeout. Um, I needed to reevaluate how I was like going about it. So um, that was kind of my shift into getting employees. That was where, um, you know, I think I shared in our intro episode, I was like, two in the morning, one in the morning, standing there in my kitchen crying. because I was just so exhausted. I had to get up to go to work at like 5.30 in the morning the next morning and to my other job. And I was like, I'm the limiting factor in this whole equation. I have to get help. So that, you know, a lot of those lessons along the way have like have been what helped me move on to the next thing to like make money, the farm grow. So when you talk about like farm growth and then balancing this like work-life balance, um, it's, it's ever-changing. I mean, it's just constantly ever-changing, but um, I don't even know if I'm answering that question in completion, but yeah, yeah. No. it's a hard gig. It's a hard, it's a hard thing because I think, I guess to answer this too, in a way that like, you kind of have to decide what your end goal is with growing flowers. Like, is it just going to stay a side hustle? Cause if it is, that's totally fine. If it's something you're like, Hey, I'm just going to grow spring flowers. Um, You know, that's as far as um, like deciding what it is that your end goal is with that. Um, And don't lose your sanity in the process, right? Like there's this Instagram world or this, I I keep saying Instagram, but it's like this world of like hustle that we live in. Um, And I think some personalities like myself can get caught up in that because I am a doer. I like to, you know, reach goals, all of those things. But um, the end result, like, I'm just one person that can only do so much of this. So it's like my self-care has to be like a big, big part of that. So um, I don't know. Did I, I rambled. Oh yeah, no, no, no. And I I think 
I think um, my answer is very similar. I mean, we, my husband still works. He still works off the farm about 20 or so hours a week early in the mornings um, at UPS. So he gets to be home. He gets up at like 3 a.m. and he gets home like around 9, 10 o'clock in the morning and then devotes the rest of his day to the farm. Um, I no longer work at my job, but I do some consulting hours early in the morning and that's about it. And it, it, I did that for a long time. I mean, just this season is like the first year that I haven't had another job. Um, so it was a big transition. And when you're doing all of those things together, I think the key for me was really having employees. I figured, hey, like in order for me to feel comfortable, um, I wanted to grow the farm. I was the limiting factor. Still, in a lot of ways, I still feel that I, like I'm the limiting limit, still the limiting factor in a lot of ways, which is hard, you know. So, just trying to overcome that is a whole other episode. But I think employees were the key to continuing growing the growing the farm and continuing my off farm job because mm-hmm. for me I mean I'm like an Excel spreadsheet you know girl like I like want to see the budget lined up I want to make sure it's going to work I, I have a family I mean it's not just like if Jen and I would just eat like ramen noodles and you know live like super modestly and, and we still do I mean we, we have one car you know we do still make a lot of like financial sacrifices in order to make all of this work and the balance came is when we got employees. And then I really think that combined with a lot of boundaries um, really helped me too. So once we got to, once we got that all figured out, we got employees doing some of like the, the just the day to day. And then I could really focus on like, how are we going to grow the farm? I mean, I still work late nights. I mean, I still do all those things. Mm-hmm. But my quality of life was better because I wasn't doing it every single weekend mm-hmm. I didn't mind like pulling an all-nighter every once in now to like do a wedding or I mean I didn't mind all those things I actually thrive in those scenarios but when it's every weekend and literally like you're just so exhausted and you're trying to you know be there for your kids and be a mom and a wife and all those things it's hard so I would say the employees were really the key and, and that's a whole nother episode talking about yeah. how to manage employees from afar uh, you know oh, it's hard. Oh. Yeah. But there was, I think all those things, you know, in those, both of our journeys too, of this was like, um, being able to manage it from afar has made it this transition to full-time on the farm, um, easier because this like delegation and some of these, I had to be really good at some processes, you know? So it's like, there's some, there's advantages, but I guess like when you were just saying that too, I'm thinking about like knowing what your why is like that end goal that we were kind of talking about, um, because like if you lose sight of that and you're just running yourself ragged, you know, it's what's the point? And for me, it's like it's the lifestyle of this farming. Yes. Um, you know, can you make money at flower farming? Yes. Yes, you can. Can you be profitable? Yes. But, you know, there are sacrifices that come with that. You know, um, you're not ma- you're not a doctor. <laughs> not making those wages. You have to find ways to have health insurance, like you said, for your family or for myself. Um, Yeah, the sacrifices that we make, um, but those are also some of the things that I consider to be benefits, the flexibility of my schedule, um, you know, all of those things that kind of get tied into it. So 
Yeah. yeah. And Jen and I talk a lot like, hey, maybe we're not millionaires, but we get to get our kids off the bus every day. And mm-hmm. that's cool. Like we're really here. Like in the summer, like we have a sitter who comes and helps um, during the day a little bit, but it's like, we get to be here. Like we're really here. And mm-hmm. I have to kind of outweigh a lot of those benefits too. I still have to, we still have to meet our bills. We still have to do the things that we need to do on a daily basis. Um, but I really do feel like farming has just given me such an amazing quality of life, new relationships. My kids get to see me work hard. It's hard to put value on a lot of those things. And I think that was our end goal is um, to really have something really cool and awesome here that our kids can love and hopefully one day think is cool. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So the last question we have, we're going to do, I think, three today. Um, yeah. And we are going to get to these. We have a rolling list. So if we didn't get to your question, we're going to keep doing these little we quickie episodes. We're at 20 yeah. minutes. Um, <laughs> this is what happens. You put flower people in a room. Um, so this one is from Glory Flower Farm. And they asked the best ways when getting started to get your name out there and gaining loyal customers. Okay, It's a good one. Yeah, that's a great one. I think um, I'll go first. I'm just talking a little bit about our farm. Um, You gain loyal customers by treating them like gold. By treating them when they hand you money, like treating treating them like they have just given you a million dollars. And I really think you're going to create loyal customers by making them feel special. And they will eventually seek you out, you know, to the next time they buy flowers. And I really do feel like it's going to snowball that way. So like getting your name out there, like I said earlier, I'm like, I, I never said no to anything. Need a bouquet? Great. Yes, I'll do it. Oh, you need it in 20 minutes? Sure. <laughs> Let me run up and get something for you. You know, I really did like make the effort and I think marketing myself and I really do think like putting yourself out there, like when people come to support Bloom Hill, they're not coming, they're not buying a bouquet from Bloom Hill. They're buying a bouquet from Judd Shannon. And that's why I want people to feel like that really deep connection. It's like if they're buying flowers somewhere else, like they should feel like they're cheating on me. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they do. They're always like, yeah, I had to get up okay in, in the dead of winter. And I had to go to the local grocery that was just so neon. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I just think really creating those relationships, treating your customers like gold, um, I never leave a conversation with a customer without saying thank you so much for supporting our farm and family. It really means a lot to me. And you really do, you know, vote with your dollars. And I appreciate that so much because getting flowers from you, it might not be the easiest or mo- most convenient thing for them. So when someone goes out of their way to buy for you, it, it really means a lot to me. So I think treating them like gold and keep being relentless about putting yourself out there. I read something on social media, like your people who follow you are only seeing like 10% of what you're putting out there. So what we might think might be like a constant barrage of sales, you know, stuff. I think it's finding that balance of constantly putting yourself out there sales-wise, like, hey, this is what's going on in the farm, um, and sharing more about your personal life so that, that they can continue that connection piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So I echo what you said. Um, but I think also when I first got got started, I really did a lot of local events. So um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of farmer's markets. I also gave a lot of free flowers away with my 
business card with, you know, just constantly tried to get my name out there. I would give um, free flowers to florists. I would give bud vases with little business cards, arrangements. Like I just tried to get my name like, you know, locally kind of out there. Um, and that in itself, um, I think, you know, the, they asked about like gaining loyal customers. I think the loyal part is consistency too. You know, we're consistently yes. showing up at the farmer's market. We, our product is consistently good. Uh, and so that has been, you know, a, a journey of, of growing and evolving with, with what we, what we offer. Um, but yeah, just the old customer service experience is yeah. so important and putting yourself out there as just you, like you said, they're buying from Judd and Shannon. They are buying from me and my staff. They like, they sincerely like the, the connection of the farmer's market, you know, and getting to see us or come to a workshop. And I do too, you know, that's Mm -hmm. what, that's what fuels me that that's what, um, you know, keeps me, keeps me going to know that like, you know, people are, are, happy with what we're providing for them. Um, and that in itself just gains, I think, customer, customer loyalty, but yeah, don't be afraid to like give away free product and, um, do all the, do all the things, um, stickers on cars, you know, we have a van that's logoed. That's one thing. I mean, all those things, you know, of course that costs money. Um, but like every time I go to the, if I go to the dentist or I go to the doctor's office, like I just always take a bouquet with me, you know, and just, you just leave it. So that way it's like, it doesn't cost me anything, um, really just to, you know, kind of spread that around. But yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, this was so much fun. Um, we, I really appreciate you guys doing this. We, um, like I said, we are looking for a name to try to figure out what we want to call this. Uh, we also need a name for you guys. I mean, we call you the Dirt on Flowers <laughs> Insiders, but yeah. we al- we also have other names that we've <laughs> Dirt Bags is one of them. I don't even know if we should say that. That's like I <laughs> Shannon's glaring at me right now. Um, I was like, well, I don't know what to call, what do call Dirt Balls. Yeah. What do we call you? I mean, it's not an insult. We are. We really no, are. Yeah, we are. It's like literally full of dirt. Yes. So it's better than full of something else, but so (laughs) help us, help us figure this out. Uh, We really appreciate you guys uh, joining us on this new podcasting journey. We are having fun. We appreciate engaging with you. Uh, So don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And if you haven't had a chance to jump over to our website, so it's the dirtonflowers.com, you can sign up through our, um, for our email list. We're not spamming you. We're just dropping some really, um, I guess, it's extra bonus material. So like things that we may not include in the show notes. So we're giving you guys things in show notes. We're also giving you extras through the email list, um, letting you know when new episodes come on or some things we might need your help with. So um, jump over there. You can grab our download where Shannon and I share with you about our 10 things that we wish we'd have known in year one, um, which I think we're going to do a series on at some point to kind of talk a little more. But And as always, jump over to Instagram at Dirt on Flowers and drop us a comment or a message. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks to guys again for joining us for another episode. See you next week.